This is Recorded Future, Inside Security Intelligence. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 216 of the Recorded Future podcast. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. Recorded Future's Insight Group recently published the latest version of their annual report focused on the political landscape facing the LGBTQIA community worldwide. The report is titled Pride and Prejudice in Shifting Landscape of LGBTQIA Laws Worldwide, and it tracks both progress and challenges the Pride community face around the globe. Joining us to share insights from the report, as well as the story behind its inception, are Recorded Futures' Leah Cure and Evan Aiken. Stay with us. I've been at Recorded Future for uh, about a year and a half now. And before that, I was a cyber threat analyst uh, working at another firm, um, focused on threats to financial services. Um, and at Recorded Future, I'm less uh, focused on financial services and uh, more focused on public sector threats, uh, specifically those to uh, state and local governments. So I work with those uh, customers to help them integrate the platform into their systems, better identify threats, a whole host of other uh, things to help them yeah. out. Yeah, uh, that's a busy business to be in these days, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Well, Leah, how about you? Can you take us through your journey? How did you get your start and and what led you to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of funny. I didn't realize Evan and I had such a similar background, Um, but I also come from a financial institution uh, where I started doing data loss prevention um, and then moved into a threat intelligence role. Uh, So I worked there for a couple of years and then um, actually listened to this podcast and had a friend who worked at Recorded Future and um, really loved the work that they were doing. And so um, I moved over to Recorded Future about a year and a half ago as well. Um, So now I work on Insight Group where I do a lot of research for our clients and our customers uh, looking into trends to uh, threats within uh, their industries and then threats specific to our clients. I also develop a report that looks into uh, trends within uh, malware development and distribution. So uh, looking into malware and ransomware, which is obviously a big one right now. Uh, so that's kind of the research and um, the work that I'm doing currently. And for our listeners who who may not be familiar, can you give us a description as to exactly what the Insect Group is at Recorded Future? Absolutely. So the Insect Group is a group of very diverse people um, with very diverse backgrounds, and we do research um, for our clients, but also just general research within the cybersecurity space. Um, so we use data from Recorded Futures platform, um, but also from open source and closed sources uh, to produce finished intelligence for our clients. So today we're focusing on the Insect Group's Pride Project. Um, can we go back in time a little bit? Can you give us uh, insights on, on what the origin was of this? The Pride report uh, kind of came about uh, last year while I was with the Out at RF uh, Employee Resource Group, which is for anyone in the LGBT community or allies at Recorded Future. And we were discussing different activities we could do uh, for Pride Month. And I made the suggestion that, hey, we have this incredible research team, the NSIC group. 
why don't we see if they'd be willing to collaborate and maybe produce a, you know, a short note on threats against the LGBT community. Um, so I pitched it to Insect, and next thing I know, they have a whole team of analysts working on this report, and they just kind of blew me away with how in-depth they went and kind of even committed to a yearly annual reporting. So it made me really proud to be <laughs> at Recorded Future because I've been in the threat intelligence space for a couple of years now. You know, a lot of the focus and attention is, you know, paid to nation state threats, threats to government, threats to corporations, private sector. And to see the team put that much effort into threats against the LGBT community was, I think, pretty admirable. Yeah, you know, it strikes me that, uh, you know, in the time that I've been following uh, cybersecurity events, that that is not uh, a targeted group that I've really seen a whole lot of attention paid to in terms of specific reporting on uh, online cyber threats to that group. is it, Leah, is that your experience as well? Yeah, definitely. I think most of the focus for cyber criminals is, and nation state threat actors is more so on corporations and, um, and not necessarily corporations specifically, but more so their customers. Looking at these threats, we kind of were coming across things that we hadn't discovered previously. In last year's report, we did an app study where we looked at various dating apps um, that are commonly used within the LGBTQIA plus community um, and looking at their policies that they have, um, the data that they're collecting on their users and how the, how they're sharing that with third parties. Looking at that and figuring out, okay, how is this dangerous, potentially dangerous to members of that community. Um, If they live in a specific area where uh, being who they are is illegal, is that data that's being shared about them putting them in harm's way? Um, So it was was really interesting being able to kind of dig into that last year. And then this year we uh, focused more on um, legislation uh, and policies around the globe uh, that are impacting the community. So for folks who aren't uh, members of that community, can you give us some insights as to what the specific spectrum of threats are that uh, those folks face online? Well, uh, last year's report really went in depth into the various threats from just data privacy issues on the on, on several apps that are popular within the community. But then it also looked at the different ways that uh, governments around the world kind of target uh, these communities, either through, you know, online surveillance or uh, direct legislation. <laughs> um, it's still mm-hmm. illegal for same-sex relations in several countries. Um, until this year, actually, in Sudan, it was punishable by death. Uh, so it's, it's this is still a significant issue uh, for many people around the world. This group is marginalized in several ways, uh, and because they, in some areas, lack the political power or political protections, uh, they are even more vulnerable to things like surveillance or targeting by you know, local government, police, uh, what have you. We actually looked into a number of different regions of the world 
Um, and we were finding that while in some areas there were some good things that were happening um, and there was progress being made, um, there was still laws and legislation that were being passed that were really impacting uh, the community. And so in the United States specifically, um, over 30 states have introduced more than 300 bills uh, that restrict LGBTQIA rights across the country. Um, and so these are still happening um, within the past year. And so our goal was to highlight some of these injustices that are happening, educate people either in the LGBTQIA plus community and also people who are allies um, to understand that there is still legislation that's being uh, passed that's restricting that community. What sort of feedback have you gotten from the folks on the INSICT team who put this report together? With the, having gone through the process itself, what's their experience been? It's kind of funny. So we had a number of people on INSIC group work with uh, Evan and myself on this report. And I think one of the things that we found when we were going through research is we were finding all of these negative things um, that we're highlighting. And someone stopped and said, hey, we need to highlight also the positives that are happening, um, the positive changes that are happening across the world, because there are some positive changes that are protecting the community. Um, and so we wanted to make sure to highlight that within the report, just having, you know, political parties across the world that are supporting and um, trying to pass uh, policies that are protecting the community. For instance, they had uh, for the World Cup that's coming up in 2022, um, Qatar has said that rainbow flags would be allowed. That's That's progressive and that's a good step um, towards having more acceptance within um, the global platform for LGBTQIA. And it might be a small step, but at least we're seeing some progress um, across the world. Because these communities are, you know, so marginalized in uh, a lot of these countries, the only safe space for them or the only uh, way that they can safely interact with others in their community is online. So making sure that it is known which sites are, you know, safe, what, how their data is protected, how their data is, you know, stored is important because this is the only kind of outlet these communities have. One of the cool things that we found with some of the dating apps that we looked into is if someone is traveling to an area where it's illegal to be who they are, then they the dating app will either randomize their location or flag to them, hey, maybe you should turn off your location services um, because that could be putting you at risk. There were countries that were collecting that data um, and countries that uh, did have laws restricting uh, the LGBTQIA plus community. So those apps made sure to protect those users in those areas, which I think is incredibly important and more apps should be doing that. Can you describe to me what it's been like within Recorded Future to, to sort of to shepherd a project like this through the, the way that you, uh, you know, garnered support from it and, and how it's made its way through the organization? It's been awesome to see how many people from INSIC group have supported this and gotten behind it. And then just from all levels of Recorded Future, people have really grabbed onto this and 
And so last year, the uh, Pride report was the first one of this this type of reporting. I think at Recorded Future, we are so lucky that we have um, access to this treasure trove of data and intelligence to do research. And usually that research is for our clients and customers. And that's incredibly important because uh, we're we're producing finished intelligence that is actionable and helpful for our clients and customers, which is then in turn helpful for their clients and customers. Um, so that's a really awesome part of our job. But we found that there was this gap uh, within the cybersecurity space for producing intelligence that is uh, helping marginalized communities. And so last year was the first report we did for the Pride community. And since then, we've also published a report that dives into cyber threats to the Black community. And we've also published a report that looks into threats to Asian communities. Uh, We hope that this type of product will will continue to do it at recorded future but we also hope that other cybersecurity companies will grab onto this and also produce reports to help these communities because they might not have the funding for it or they're not focused because they're not the biggest target right now so it's been really cool to see how the first pride report last year has grown and inspired people to produce other reports similar to this one Similar to Leah, I was just kind of really impressed by how easy it was to, you know, not just pitch something like this report, but uh, get a large number of analysts enthusiastically uh, working on the report and getting their, you know, leadership um, behind it as well. It was just, I think, really impressive. Yeah, I, I sense a certain amount of pride from both of you. I think both, you know, from personally and then from the organization itself, that an effort like this is is being supported at every level. Definitely. When people ask, oh, what are the coolest projects that you've worked on since working at Recorded Future? Um, or what are you most proud of? This is always the one that's at the top of the list because it's outside of what I'm usually working on. It's d- very different from the type of reporting that I'm doing all the time because um, usually I'm looking into threats within the cybersecurity threat landscape. And um, while this does fall within that, it's it's a very different um, report. And I know that it's helping people in a very special way. So it's it hits close to home for me. Um, and I, I love I love that I had the opportunity to work on it the past two years. Yeah, because this is one of those topics where it's hard to find a central place uh, for all this kind of information, not just, you know, legislation that targets LGBT rights, but also uh, just the whole range of cyber threats uh, that, you know, target this community as well. So one thing that I was really proud of, of our report last year, is that we included a list of recommendations uh, for those in the community to kind of take their, you know, security into their own hands and protect themselves, because, as this report drove home, the LGBT community is still under threat in a large portion of the world. Um, so while it is getting better in many places, especially here in the U.S. and Europe, it's actively getting worse in some areas around the world. Do you have a, a sense of hope overall? I mean, it it strikes me that it hasn't been that long since it would be hard to imagine a project like this happening in, in an organization the size of Recorded Future and here it is. Uh, it's great that you all are doing this, but at the same time, it's it's not terribly controversial for you to do it. It's more of a, a celebration of the, the values that the organization champions. 
Yeah, I, I would say that kind of just shows how far uh, LGBT uh, rights have come and how this pitch, even pitching a project like this was, you know, not at all taboo. It was taken seriously and, you know, enthusiastically supported by not just the analysts, but uh, the leadership in INSIC, the leadership in uh, marketing, just the leadership all around. What would your advice be to folks who might be at other organizations who are thinking about, you know, similar types of, of projects and you know, wondering if this is something that they should take to their leadership teams as something worth pursuing? Just go for it. I mean, I think, like Evan said, we are at a time where this is encouraged. It isn't taboo. And as cybersecurity professionals, a lot of us, and especially intelligence professionals, we have access to a lot of data and we have experience producing finished intelligence surrounding that data that we have access to. And so if we can use that for good, why not? Um, So I I would encourage people to uh, take time. I know everyone is incredibly busy within cybersecurity, especially um, recently, but it's it's important to step back and think about a bigger picture of why why is what are we doing? Why is it important? And what can we do um, to help people within our communities with our expertise and the data that we have? Our thanks to Recorded Futures' Evan Aiken and Leah Cure for joining us. Don't forget to sign up for the Recorded Futures Cyber Daily email, where every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web. Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at recordedfuture.com slash intel. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online. The Recorded Future podcast production team includes coordinating producer Caitlin Mattingly. The show is produced by The Cyberwire with executive editor Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. 